Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Louis Musset and I'll be the host for the show. I'm a 28-year-old male with a degree in aircraft maintenance engineering that has been working as an assembler at a factory for the past five years. So, what is this podcast about? Well, since I'm a polymath, which is by Wikipedia's definition, an individual whose knowledge spans a substantial number of subjects, known to draw on complex bodies of knowledge to solve specific problems, I thought this show would be best if it would cover a wide range of topics that will come from two main areas, that is content creation and project creation. We all know what a content creator is, you know, you've seen it on YouTube, but what about a project creator? While content can almost be anything in a digital or physical format, a project in the meanwhile is something planned to achieve a certain aim, and which normally has an end date to complete it by. So it can't just be called content, since a lot of content produced today has no particular aim to it, apart from generating money from views from an audience. So whenever there is something I see either myself or others struggling to achieve a particular aim, I will look into it and then over time when the idea for the aim becomes complex enough, I'll start to formulate it into some sort of project. The project I work on emerges into various forms as the aim of the project changes over time. Uh, it could be from, it could turn into a website. It could be a folder structure. It could be long form video. It could be written content that may turn into a book. But the point is, is that content is just created with no particular aim. While a project, there is an aim and there is an end. Content you can just make forever. A project has a beginning, middle and end. And the aim needs of that project needs to be achieved for the project to end. That's why I prefer, I put it into two categories because projects end content never really ends if i'm a photographer i'll never stop taking pictures so if i'm a content creator as a photographer i'll be taking pictures basically for the rest of my life um now i've read and thought about for many years uh on a variety of subjects um, this includes uh, philosophy, science, technology, and, and other emerging fields like artificial intelligence, um, and how the internet is evolving, because um, that will be a separate episode, but I believe the internet is going in a direction from what you would call unstructured content to structured content that's as simple as i can put it basically
And so uh, by looking at all these subjects, uh, reflecting on it, interacting with others and re- researching further into these topics, I've created a pretty solid foundation of understanding for these subjects. And I've, I've tried to translate this understanding through the project that I create. And um, so that hopefully others can use it for themselves, use the projects that I've created to help themselves. So, and here is where I'll put my little plug-in for where you can find all this. So before I'll start, if you're curious about what exactly I'm doing, I've the reason I'm starting to podcast like this is because on my website at louismusset.com I've basically separated all my stuff into two tabs on my website content and projects so for the content I'm creating so there's obviously the podcast that's content I'm creating and I am currently working on a a podcast with my friend Romuald and it's called do you want to know And so if you want to listen to me talking to someone else and not just me talking by myself, you can head over there. It's found on all the platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts and all that stuff. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. So uh, Louis Musset is the YouTube channel name and that's why I make videos. Sometimes they're projects, sometimes it's just content. But again, it's quite hard to discern it, so I'd put it all under content. Uh, a project would probably more like be like a movie or documentary, something with a particular aim. But for now, I haven't made anything like that. Um, and then I have, uh, again, I have a camera. So I have um, a Canon M50. And I do photography. So I've added my portfolio on there. So it's um it's a separate website and it's uh, it's by Adobe so I can easily just uh, put all my photos on a website that's designed so that you can view photos easily. Uh, but in terms of projects, which is the main point of this podcast, I have four. I have four main projects that I'm working on. And then I have kind of sub-projects, as you might call it, like projects underneath projects, because some of my projects have become so large that I've had to condense them down into... I've I've had to kind of, you know, turn them into multiple smaller projects just to manage it. Um, And because some of them cover a wide range of areas, and so sometimes it's easier to cut them down. But uh, my main four projects are what I call Thinker Solver. And I'll just read out because I have a little slogan for each one. And Thinker Solver is steering our lives towards valued outcomes. That's what that project is. And then the next one from that is Wisdation, which is in its simplest form, wisdom accumulation. And uh, I will explain that on another uh, episode. 
um, my most uh, the one I'm working on now which is called life is a complex system and this is what I'll try and start talking about in this episode it's going to take many episodes to talk about it um, and for this um, project it's more about um, looking at your life instead of breaking it down into its parts and examining the parts try and look at your life in terms of relations between the parts it sounds a bit confusing at the moment but I'm I'm guaranteed I'll be able to make sense of it by hopefully you know within a few episodes of me explaining what the hell that means and it's normally the reason I named it like that is because a complex system is is um, a part of complexity science um, and complexity science is an emerging field so that's why I think it's so important um, anyways and my last project is called economic system transition and that is my kind of project that I've left idle for the moment, but it's to do, it's got a little bit more to do with politics and economic systems. Um, and it's something I've been creating that is not currently like the political system I am talking about that I want to, that I want to envision has not been mentioned before. Uh, I've just got a different perspective from everything that's currently out there. I've got just a different perspective and I've kind of created my own version of a political system that I, or economic system that I want, that I envision that will come um, from all the things that I've read about. But again, I'm still working on that. Um, whether that... You've, project will even come into anything or not i'm not too sure uh, but i'll just mention it here that it is something that i've just thought about <laughs> so um but today in this episode so this is this is kind of a intro this is my first uh podcast episode so i just wanted to give an overview of what i've been working on uh, you can find all of that at uh, louimusset.com. And so all of the, so that's my main website. It's kind of like my main hub website that I work on. And everything expands from that. So everything that I create comes out of that website. Again, it might be other websites. Again, like uh, the new project I'm working on is a separate website that I've published. So it's lifeisacomplexsystem.com. So that is a separate website that comes out from my main website which is louismusset.com okay so going into my project so what is life is a complex system so i'm actually going to go you guys can't see this but i'm going to go to my uh website and I've actually um, powered it through, if any of you have been using the application Notion, 
you'll notice that it's familiar to that application. And that's because I power this website through a service called Super. And it basically allows me to write up everything in Notion and it gets published instantly into um, um, the website. So it's quite easy to update. We'll see how that goes. But anyways, I everything I'm going to talk about now is currently on the website. So for example, I've got, you know, life is a complex system. I've created a template. And uh, the one of the first tabs on it is like, what is a system? And then what is a complex system? Um, and I'll just kind of read the Wikipedia definition of what a system is, because a lot of people tend not to understand what a system is. So a system by Wikipedia is a group of interacting or interrelated elements that act according to a set of rules to form a unified whole. A system surrounded and influenced by its environment is described by its boundaries, structure and purpose and expressed in its, in its functioning in its functioning. Yeah, so it's a lot to take in. And if I I'll read yeah, so a system group of interacting ele- and interrelated elements that act according to a set of rules to form a unified whole. So this is um, the way people describe it would be um, holistic. So if you apply systems to your life, it would be like a holistic approach. And the opposite to holism is reductionism. So holism is uh, you're looking at the interactions and how they're interrelated. While reductionism is looking how parts of you break how everything is broken down, and then you you come to conclusions based on that. So you go, okay, the body's broken down into cells and atoms and whatever, and then the ways these cells interact with each other is how the body works. But a systematic or holistic approach would be yes, these um. But how do these cells interact with each other? Um, how do the organs interact with each other? You know, that now would be the body. Um, so that's the difference between, um, you know, a holistic and a reductionist. Um, and there's actually different types of systems. So there's open systems, closed systems, and isolated systems. And technically, if you look into it enough, and philosophers have talked about this, everything is technically an open system. Uh, And the only thing that is closed is the universe. And even that is up for debate, because if there's multi-universe theory, then even the universe is open open to the other universes out there. So you can almost just kind of conclude that everything is an open system when you look at it hard enough. And um, all systems, they have boundaries. So an example is like the human body. Your boundary is like your the outer part of your body. So that's the boundary. You, you also have surroundings. So you have your environment. 
store elements in the system. There's also what is just elements. There's elements inside the system. There's elements outside the system. And both interact with each other. Then, of course, there's the interactions themselves. There's how each of the elements are interrelated. For example, and there's also sets of rules. So each element has to follow the rules of gravity and thermodynamics and whatever biological rules there are. There's also structure. You know, the body has actual physical structure. Like, you know, the body has bones and everything. That's how you're able to keep your physical form and not just a pile of jello. <laughs> and then, um, you know, there's the purpose of the biological system. You can have your own purpose, but in terms of biology, the purpose of your system is to, you know, grow, grow and grow, survive, and then decay. That's the general purpose of the body is to, you know, grow, um, survive, reproduce, and then, yeah, and then, well, decay is not the purpose, but decay is the outcome. Um, so now we got system out the way. What what are, what about a complex system? And again, how does a complex system then fit into your life? And I'll explain this a bit further. You'll, as I start to talk, you'll start to see where all of this kind of fits in as I start to give examples. So I'll just explain what a complex system is and then I'll start giving examples of how you might apply it. And as soon as I talk about it, it's, I promise you it's going to make sense. So a complex system is a system composed of many components which may interact with each other. That's, that's all it is. Many components which may interact with each other. But although this sounds simple, it creates interesting phenomena. A phenomena is just a thing that you observe in the world that just kind of occurs from stuff. Uh, examples are like non-linearity. In a system, uh, non-linearity is uh, in which uh, the change of the output is not proportional to the change of the input. What that basically means is that um, it, just because you put a certain amount into a system doesn't mean you have an expected outcome. You always get more or less dependent on uh, what the system is because it's not like a glass of water. Like if you've got a cup, you know, you pour water in it, that's technically like not a system because it's like, you know, you've got a glass, you fill it up, and then you pour it away. And it depending on if you input a certain amount of liquid into the cup, it will fill up exactly at a certain amount because that's not really a system. That's just, you know water cup you know it's very simple it can be a system but it's a very simple system well a non-linear system kind of does unexpected things you put something in and you don't get what you expect out it might be an example as a business a business is a complex system 
you put some work into the business, just because you put a certain amount of hours into the business does not mean you'll get a result that you want, which is the business grows and expands. That might not occur. So I'll just go over the... There's technically only like three or four parts of a... No, five. there's five parts to a complex system. So I'll just na- list them out right now. So it's non-linearity. And I'm going to go over each one. Non-linearity, emergence, self-organization, complex adaptive system, and feedback loops. So there's a lot to cover. Um, And there's even more to it. But this is kind of the outputs that occur from a complex system. Nonlinearity, emergence, self-organization, complex adaptive systems, and feedback loops. So I told you what nonlinearity is, and then I'm going to tell you what emergence. You might have heard of this. Emergence occurs when an enti- entity is observed to have properties its parts do not have on their own. Properties or behaviors that emerge only when the parts interact in a wider whole. Um, so that means that uh, it's quite hard to explain, but emergence is when a element in the system interacts with other elements, but that element has a specific properties, but the output is completely different from the expectation from the what its properties are um an example the the best example is normally a snowflake so you got oxygen and nitrogen and all these elements in the air and you just got a bunch of atoms that float in the air and then the the temperature rises and falls but you don't really see much but when the temperature gets to a optimum level, which is, I don't know what, minus five? I don't know exactly know what it is, but at some temperature and at some pressure, at exact pressure, exact humidity, uh, with like certain wind conditions and all this other stuff, snowflakes will form and fall from the sky. So that would be called a classic emergent phenomena where you got just ran just elements random elements but they start to form this crystal structure that you would just not expect um and that is emergence um and I'll, I'll give you examples later on um of how this might apply to your life Next is self-organization. So these are, these are very important to a system. So, and this is one that I've also highlighted to others, self-organization. Because it can be applied to your life quite easily, you know, how somehow um, organization can emerge from chaos. So the opposite, opposite of organization is chaos. But in some instances, especially in a complex system, 
organization can emerge from chaos. And self-organization is the spontaneous emergence of order out of seeming chaos. Yeah, that's the literal definition. But but um, it's not random, and it can be calculated. But it can't be predicted either. It's a strange thing. that That's why a lot of people can't really prove it. Well, they can prove it, but they can't, you know, make a model to predict the, how self-organization can be done in the future. Because in a complex system, it's out of this randomness. If you, like, record it you'll, and you record the outcome, you go, oh. And then you'll be able to see how things self-organized. But if you keep watching it and then you try and predict the next, I don't know, next day of what's going to happen, you're not going to be able to because it's not predictable. Um, I think uh, only mathematicians can probably explain that to you of like, I don't know, primary numbers or something. Um, There's then complex adaptive systems, which is, you know, technically what every life form is. And that is a system that is complex in that it is dynamic. It is a dynamic network of interactions, but the behavior of the assemble may not be predictable according to the behavior of the components. It is adaptive in that the individual and collective behavior mutate and self-organize corresponding to the change in the micro events or collections of events uh i'm just reading this right now it doesn't sound it doesn't sound very um logical or coherent but it just means that you're you you can react to the ever changing environment that you have processes in like a you know input process output kind of thing feedback loops um that allows you to react to the environment and this is the last this is going into the last bit which is actually feedback loops so and all of these things kind of again even the uh, outputs of a complex system all interrelate so you notice that self-organization is spontaneous emergence an emergence it's itself is a phenomena um and then just f- finalizing on feedback loops feedback loops is, uh, is occurs when outputs of a system are rooted back as inputs as part of a chain of cause and effect that form a circuit or loop it feedback it feeds back on itself it's a bit like, you know, compound interest. You, you know, put in £100, you get 10%. That's uh, 10% of £100 is £10. And then you put that back into the system. You feed the output back into the input. So now you, instead of putting £100, you put £110. And then now a 10% of £110 is uh, £11. And then you can just... You know, the money keeps coming up and up, and that's the whole point of compound interest. That's an example of applied feedback 
loops into your life. Um, yeah, I can't think of many others, but going on, how would you, like, um, what examples can I give? Um, I'm just going to go onto a website, and if I scroll down, I'm going to kind of, uh, you know, how I talked about, you know, boundaries, surroundings, and elements, and all that stuff. Well, I'm going to explain them a bit further, and then it's going to start making sense. Um, and actually, the first one, which is a purpose, the purpose of a system, I want to go into a little bit more detail. Because... Um, I think everyone's read Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, which was written by him in about 1930. You know, it's like a pyramid. You got like food, shelter at the bottom, and then you got like protection or procreation. Then you got like socialization and whatever, and it goes up. <clears throat> well, I believe. That that system is that um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is completely flawed, and that it's completely out of date because everyone has different parts of their life that they value more than others, and like yeah, you technically need food, water, and shelter, but you know if as long as you got food and as long as you got um a few of the basics, like water, you can basically live for, you know, days and weeks without food. So it kind of, you know, you can sacrifice food for, I don't know, social activity or procreation or whatever you want to do. So <clears throat> there is another person I found that has updated this to a better system called Max Neef. With uh, he calls it human scale development, and um, it's basically his version of what humans need, and he broke it down, but he didn't break it down into a pyramid. He broke it down into nine. Was it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine parts? But these parts are not hierarchical. No element of no need supersedes another need. They all interrelate with each other, and you can't really have, you know, all needs must be met for you to, you know, to live and to have a fulfilling life kind of thing. Um, and he breaks it down into these nine points, and he does break it down further, but just to highlight these points, it's uh, subsistence, so what you actually need, food, water, and stuff like that. Um, protection, so, you know, you got to make sure someone else doesn't kill you. you got affection, see, affection, so it's affection for someone else, so... Uh, yeah, it's just caring about someone else. Then you got understanding. So when people communicate, they must understand each other for the social interaction to occur. There is participation. So just the fact that you've interacted, it doesn't matter what the interaction was, it's as long as you've participated. That 
That's what matters. Um, you got leisure. You got creation. So, like, you know, you kind of content creation. You got identity. So, who are you as a person? And then you got freedom. Um, and though all of those, you'll notice that. You know, you might think one is on top of another. Like, isn't subsistence below everything else? And then production is above subsistence? Max Neef says no. No, they are both equally as important. You can't have one without the other. You can, you know, you can... If you don't have one of these needs, then you are not meeting your human needs. And you are suffering. Um... And something, some, you know, some bad, something bad might occur. Some mental illness, or more likely, because a lot of these might be due to mental illness, or, um, you know, just something bad might happen if you do not meet these human needs. Uh, either some sort of illness or death. And then I've talked about, you know, like the... Um, then moving on to other parts of the system so you got you know i've talked about a purpose and that's you know max neve moving on to other ones like boundary so i told you like the boundary is the perimeter of your body you got the surroundings so you got anything that is not you physically or abstract because it can't represent you either so you know for example if there's a perfect replica of me, that is part of my surroundings. That is not me. So anything that is not you is part of your surrounding. So even if it is an identical copy of me, it's not me. And that is a part of my surroundings. And then um, one of the hardest parts was uh, elements because... How do you categorize elements in your life? Because there's so many sections of it. I've tried to um, break it down into just a few points. It could be like internal body systems. So first you got you. You got you and your internal body systems. Things like lymphatic system. Digestive system. Nervous system. Vis respiratory system so again you got systems within your system controlling your system which is a complex system because it has many subsystems then you have other things like circadian rhythm you have your daily routines you have your habits you have your neurotransmitters chemicals you know you do stuff your brain releases neurotransmitters and it, um, like dopam dopamine gives you a reward. And then you got like decision power. You can only make decisions, so many decisions throughout the day. Most, your better decisions can be made in the morning. You know, as you go towards the evening, you'll make worse decisions. So that's you. Then there's, you know, that's you and your system. There are other things 
out elements, but they're outside your system. So, people. So, you, you know, you interact with another person, but you are your own system. But you know of them. So there's social interactions, there's social activities, there's occupation. Your, your core family unit, your outer family, your friends, your work colleagues, your neighbours. These are all people from outside you. Because it's life is a complex system. Your life. Um... You don't just have other people as well. You have other life forms. You know, many of you have pets. So there's pets, cats, dogs. You also have plants. You have trees. They are also exterior, but also life forms. And then the rest is can be condensed down into physical stuff. And then abstract stuff. So physical stuff is your house, your car, your possessions. And then other people's possessions. It's really that simple. Um, and then abstract stuff is just ideas. You got things like property, like intellectual property. And things like money. Money is an abstract thing. It's not real. We just kind of assume it's real. Um, and then following on from systems, you also got rules. So you got... You know, you got your um, country laws, but you also have things like relationship rules. You also have things like occupation rules. You also have simple things like your house rules. If you have any, who cleans the dishes? Who does the laundry? These are house rules, mostly unspoken. Then you have interrelated so what is interrelated in your life and it's you know relationships so interrelated means there's an arrow going each way they are intertwined almost so when you are in relationship with one another you are not only intertwined with them you're like your possessions your possessions are intertwined with them you know when you go to a bank sometimes you can get a joint bank account so it can be like relationships, it could be family. All your possessions are under one home. They're all interrelated. Then you have inputs to your system. So food, water, stimulus. The periods of non-stimulus. So, you know, sleep or meditation, just non-stimulus. That must be counted as well, because you still exist in that moment. It's just there's not much stimulus. Um, especially when you're asleep and unconscious. And then there's outputs of your system. Your system output stuff. So you have urine, <laughs> manure. Those are the physical outputs. You also got other physical outputs, such as physical movement. So your body physically moves. That's an output. You also have thinking. Thinking is an abstract movement. So as your, your brain is thinking actively all the time. That's an output. You've got physical expression. So talking, using your hands for uh, creating. Um, that's all physical expressions. 
And then um, you got abstract expressions, so ideas, concepts, and all this other stuff. Then you have interactions in your system. So again, interactions with people. You have interactions with possessions. You have interactions with information that you either make or consume. And then there's interactions with your own mind, with the ideas that you create. And the final part of a system is structure. So you've got different types of structure. You've got your physical body structure. You've got family structure, friend structure, book structure, building a structure and then you go like infrastructure so you know it's not just internally in your system you got external structures as well um but so how do we condense all of this into a thing that you can practically use um that's the question i've been trying to answer for the last few months now and currently on the website there is uh things that are written down but they're a little bit outdated so i'm gonna talk about now uh what i've been coming up over the last few weeks so this is most relevant information and uh, so how can you apply all these things? And you'll notice that as I was talking, you can start to think about, oh, yes, these are elements in my life, my family, my routines, my habits. All of these things are elements. How do they fit? How do they interact with each other? You know, don't forget, you have a habit, but someone else has a habit as well. These habits clash. They collide with each other. How can you make your habit work and someone else's habit work? This is what I mean by complex system. That's the complex adaptive system in place. You got your thing going, but they have their thing going as well. You both want what you got you want. You want your habit. You know, you don't want interference for doing your habit. But you might live with someone else and they have their habits. You know, you might want to go to the toilet at exactly this time or have a shower at this time, but they are using it. So that is a clash in your system. and You must adapt, you know, maybe you can do something else. But again, that... You know, how do you how do you adapt to that situation? Not everyone can. And so by thinking about this for a very long time, this must be even years now of conclusions I've come to. I've basically narrowed it down to eight points. This is both, you know, files on a computer and stuff like that, but also things you can apply to your life. Um, so... I'll just list them out now. So you got things like daily notes. Everything you do can be recorded. And I found that 
you know, you need some sort of inbox. And one of the best inbox methods is to have a daily note. A daily note is just a, no a note with um, the date as the um, sort of day, month, the year as the title of the note. Because then when you go through your notes, it's just easy to list them because they're all listed by date. Um, and then if you need to, f you know, and you're the whole point of having notes is that you're supposed to review them every once in a while. You go through a few pages and see what what interests you and then you work on whatever interests you. So that's the first one, daily notes. And then now I'm just going to rapid fire all of them. So daily, so one, daily notes. Two, identity. Three, preparation. Four, process. Five, evergreen notes. Six, outcome. Seven, archive. Eight, review. So review is at the end. And so once you've written everything down, kind of you accumulate your thoughts. Not just that, but I've also have a section called zero. So zero is your old archive. Anything that you've written before, so you can archive that into a same file structure as you if you want to call it that. Um but once you've got all these things together, you need to figure out your identity. Who are you? So there's actually in the um identity I've kind of simplified it into nine questions. So one, who are you? Two, what are you? Three, what do you do? Four, what can you do? Five, what do you know? Six, why do you do what you do? Seven, do you live by all of these principles? And eight, how do you follow your code of conduct? So, and um, the reason I question these in these ways is because in the under each question, there are uh, like uh, categories. So, like under what do you know, there's like profession. That's what you know. And some professions have procedures. So if you're in a medical student and you're a surgeon, you will follow certain procedures to do your job. That's just an example of um, things under identity. And then there's preparation. We've all done it. You know, you cook a meal and you need to prepare for it. You need to prepare the food. The food needed to be in your fridge that evening to cook the meal. You know, so there's cues. There's a cue to, you know, for example, the cue to go into bed is turning off the light. Or the cue is the outside getting darker. That's a cue to, oh, it's getting dark, I should go to bed. There's planning. You know, planning. You have tomorrow if you're going to cook, you need to shop today. There's practice, you know. You need to cook the meal once to know how long it takes to cook and how to do it and make sure you cook it properly. There's prepping. Sometimes you might want to, I don't know, chop some vegetables the day before. And then it makes the cooking procedure quicker. And then there's a schedule, you know. 
if you want to cook and do it all properly, and it all needs to come together at one point. So what are you going to eat at five, six, seven? You need to decide because you need to start cooking and shopping and all this other stuff. That's preparation. Once you have done the preparation, there is the actual process. You know, there's the state of affair. That's what's happening right now. There's the activity, the activity of cooking. In cooking, there's like codes and rules. You know, how do you hold a knife? How do you cut? You know, you must cut the vegetables before you cook the vegetables. You know, simple things. But there's other things in processing, you know, there's processes, there's protocols, routines. There's a style, manner, and approach that you do it. You know, there's this, you can follow ingredients, but everyone can cook the same meal in different ways. And then there's in processes, there's projects. So, you know, at that time, you know, you're cooking, whatever, but that evening... There might be an ongoing project. So after you cook, you might want to do painting. And so that's something you might do after cooking. So that's an ongoing project. So the project, one project is the cooking. That's the project, technically. And then another one might be the painting. So you might do, you know, you got to also have a schedule for when you paint. So once you've cooked dinner, you eat it and then you wash up, then you can do your painting. So those are all the ongoing projects that you're doing at that moment. Evergreen Notes is um, almost a separate section, but it's basically, imagine all your daily notes, but they're all interconnected. So that's the whole point of daily note, of Evergreen Notes, is that you kind of make a note of something, and you go, oh, wait a minute, this uh, topic that I'm talking about here is related to this topic here. And then you make a link. And you go, oh, wait, this topic here is related to this topic. And then you make another link. And then before you know it, you've got a web of interlinked notes. Um, and the, the specific method of doing this is called Evergreen Notes. And um, I can, you, if you Google it, you'll be able to find it. Type in just Evergreen Notes and Google and you'll find it. Um, and then from, you know, that's the evergreen notes. So there's, you know, the process, the physical process of doing things. And then there's the, kind of, I would call it the mental process. So the evergreen note is kind of like the mental process of doing things. And then from all of that, after doing everything, there was the outcome. What has been achieved? What is the consequence of your actions? And normally, the consequence of your actions is just a completed project or content or something. So it's either like a completed project or some sort of content has been created from that. You know, a meal has been created from your project of buying the food, cleaning up the kitchen, cooking it and all that stuff. The completion is the cooked meal. But for every outcome there was a reward and there was a penalty. You cooked the meal, but you couldn't paint at the same time. The reward is having a satisfied belly. The penalty is not doing your paint work, your painting. If you planned it, 
you can do your painting after you cooked or before you cooked. But if you didn't plan it and you had to reorganize your life and just do everything on the go, you might have not had time to do it. And the penalty would be not doing it. And I put that in there so that, you know, maybe every evening or once a week you can reflect, you can consider the things that you've, the rewards you've gained from doing the things you've done. But it's also important to write down the things that you couldn't do because the penalties of not achieving it. It's the penalties you set on yourself. These don't have to be bad things. It's just, you know, you some things you do and some things you don't do. The don't do's are the penalties. The do's are the rewards. Sometimes the things you do lead to penalties. So you might play football and then someone kicks you in the shin and you end up in hospital. That was the penalty of doing that activity. It was a dangerous sport. So there was a risk of penalty. The penalty being that you have to recover in hospital. The reward might don't uh, every outcome it, there is a reward as well. You get to sit in hospital, but maybe you get to catch up on a season or whatever because you just sat in hospital with a TV in front of you all day. So then after this, after the outcome, there is you know once you completed it, you can then archive it. So that's why there's an archive. You can either leave it in completed projects, so maybe you just leave it there because it's a completed project and you can just leave it an outcome or you can move it to archive and sometimes archive is a bit unstructured so you can just maybe find your own structure. So I've, I haven't added any subfolders, you kind of make up your own archive of what are all the things that you've done and everything. And then the final one is review. So, look, you've got to, you know, I've talked to many people about many things that they do. And the one thing that always shocks me is that they never review anything that they do. They never learn. That's one of the folders in it, is that there's, in your, when you review stuff, there are different things that occur. If you review things, like if you're an investor, you would realize you can it back into your system so that's you can implement feedback loops if you reviewed your investment strategy so if you invested you know you gained 10 percent you put 100 pound in you gained 10 percent you now have 110 percent you would have to, unless it was automatic you would have to review that going okay now what do i do with 110 it wouldn't be you wouldn't realize that you can get compound interest until you reviewed it. If you never reviewed, you would never be able to gain from that compound interest. And you must do that every time. A proper review of your inv investment portfolio before you can go and try again. And again, that's another point too, is learning. Um, that's how you learn. You do stuff and if you fail then chances are you've probably learned something it's the people who succeed all the time that don't learn anything because they never fail the whole point is you do things you fail sometimes you fail you succeed sometimes and it's through the cycle of succeeding and failing that you learn and then the final point is reflect 
yes, it's good to do things, but sometimes you just gotta sit there and think about what you've done, the good and the bad. So that's why you got three, I put three things. So you got the goals that you've kind of set. So maybe you, you set some now and then you review in a week, in a month, see if you've achieved the goals. You don't need to check it every day. You just, once you're, you've got a set schedule, a review point, and then once a review point gone comes, you do this. You, you have, you say you have set some goals and you review your goals. But there's other things as well. You gotta review your projects. So there's two things: is the projects you've left idle. So you know you might have been painting, but you might not have been able to um, do drawing. So that could have been you know you've you're artist and you've done painting. You got your paint kit out on stuff, but you haven't dedicated more time to your drawing so that's an idle project it's maybe you have a handbook that you started but you have just kind of left it there and that's why you got idle projects other projects is just a kind of list of projects that you kind of started and maybe you want to look back on it saying do I want to add this to my schedule and try and maybe I can do painting and drawing so maybe one day I do painting and then the next day I do drawing it's up to you it's what you it's up to you what you value and then you have a project list. So a project list is everything uh, that you, all the projects in every stage. I'm just gonna get my project list up just to show you uh, an idea. So you got things like uh, ongoing, so that's what's happening right now. You got idle, idle projects. That's stuff you've commenced, but have left um, untouched for a set amount of time. There's, of course, the completed projects, which is in the outcome that you they're done now. You can forget about it. But again, you can always share your projects with others or review your done projects at a later date and just saying, oh, look, this is what I did before. Can I improve upon it? There's also, you know, projects I want to start. So again, there's things that you might want to do, but just haven't started yet. And so you can create a list of things you want to start. Because then once it's on the list, you can then just choose from that list what you want to do, and then you just pick it. And then, then that's kind of it. That's that's the project list of all the projects that you're in, at the different stages, either unstarted or finished. And then you can review and see what else you want to add to your completed list. And that is kind of what I've worked on. And I think I'm going to update the do you, um, the Life is a Complex System website with this folder structure. Add it as kind of like a template. And um, hopefully that's what the um, this project is going to be about. I I've been talking now for about an hour, so I don't even know if there's going to be anyone left listening, but um, that's just my ramblings for now on the project, and uh, I'm going to try and do this every week. We'll see how it goes. Um, and yeah, so you can find 
eventually you'll be able to find all of this at lifeisacomplexsystem.com for this project. If you're interested in just the stuff that I do, me and myself personally, go to uh, louiemusset.com and you'll be able to um, to find everything I do there. I'm still updating my emails and everything, so... Hello? Sorry, Mike, Mike cut out. Um, yeah, you. I haven't done the email yet, so you can't yet contact me. I haven't got a support page yet, so I'm still working on that. But I'll wait until, you know, episode two and three, and hopefully by then I'll be able to, you know, update all you on all that stuff and have a contact page. And then you can ask me whether <laughs> what I'm talking about is interesting or not, or whether I'm a bit boring and need to talk about something a little bit more interesting. But anyways, that'll be all for now. And uh, next week... I'll just try and talk about a project I'm more familiar with. Um, just to give you an idea, this is my life is a complex system. It's my most up-to-date. It's the one I've been just launched in a few months ago. Um, I might talk about in the next episode my oldest project, which is uh, Thinker Solver. That is the first project I ever worked on, and so I know a bit more about that and it might be a little bit more entertaining and from that episode you'll be able to understand how this episode came about because my thinker solver project kind of leaks into all the other projects as i might say you know because i've started on my thinker solver it got incredibly large and then um, smaller projects emerged from it and um, one of them was about systems so I was struggling on systems for a very long time and then this project uh, finally emerged after all the thinking and this is what I've come up with after I don't know three years of thinking about it and hopefully this is something you can use. Uh, I will definitely be covering this uh, project again because um, it's something I'm currently working on and it's going to update over time. But anyways, um, I'm not sure how often I'll do this podcast. We'll see how many opportunities I get to record and if I can actually record in one session something entertaining because I'm going to listen back to this and see if I can make it more entertaining but we'll just see. Anyways, until next time.